0: patrick finley's jason leisure jason the bear season is over we will find out this week just how much more mop up there is for them to do we'll talk about that and more coming up on hallis intrigue
1: think on your feet for our fast and curious 5k a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by wbez and the chicago sun times on saturday july 27th at humboldt park more info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events
0: Jason, it is 9 p.m. Central as you and I sit in the lobby of the press box at Lambeau Field. The Bears are eight-point losers, and the Packers are going to the playoffs. The Bears, as you and I sit here right now, have questions about their future. Some of them won't go away anytime soon, like what to do with Justin Fields. Uh, They have the number one pick and the number nine pick in the draft. But the more pressing one, I guess, is does Matt Eberflus get to come back? Uh, He's got a schedule for this week. And, and that would lead you to think that, that he's feeling good about staying, but they can change that schedule with one meeting. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. If you run through the core of their football operations with the Bears, it's really Kevin Warren at the top, then Ryan Poles, who we believe is safe mm-hmm. and should be. Right. Made a lot of good moves, has him with uh, a lot of assets in the upcoming offseason. I think you could do nothing nothing other than just use the, cap, use the cap space and picks in a normal way and you're probably a wild card team next year. Mm-hmm. Then you get to Matt Eberflus. Right. And there's some that is an interesting and full ledger after two years. Let's, let's say, and I'm not saying that this is how they'll do it or even that this is fair, but let's throw out his first year. Okay. Let's throw that out for the sake of this discussion. Let's throw out three and 14 with a 3 and 14 roster mm-hmm. that I don't think anybody else would have done any better or any worse with. Mm-hmm. You're looking at just this year with what he had this year, there was enough talent there. They were they were right to shoot for the playoffs this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and they're short of that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's been a lot of problems. There have been three just uh, three pretty bad late game collapses, two of them epic right. collapses. The worst blown lead in Bears history against the Broncos, mm-hmm. as far as number of points they they were ahead and how late in the game they were ahead, uh, just a disaster game against the Lions. And then that Browns game was bad. I mean, 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, you should win. Right. But at least it wasn't like historic. Right. Uh, the offense has never been fixed at any point. There have been assistant coaches, two assistant coaches left for non-football reasons under Matt Eberflus's watch, including longtime wingman and confidant Alan Williams. Uh, there, and, and every time that there was a mess of some kind, Matt Eberflus made it worse with what he said at the podium. Did not was not able to convey uh, that that it was under control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a heavy negative side of the ledger. Okay. On the positive side, the defense looks great.
0: Mm-hmm. It looks
1: really good. It is an elite defense over the second half of the season. That is something Matt Nagy never could have said in any meeting. That hey, at least I got my side of the ball figured mm-hmm. out. Matt Eberflus has done a good job with player development. There are these young players. You don't see anybody outside of Valus Jones where it's, it was a reasonably high draft pick. And you say, that's really stalling. That's really right. not happening. And you see some later round picks uh, like Terrell Smith that are looking pretty good. Um They also like Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poles would not be inclined to fire the first head coach that he hired in his career Mm -hmm. after two years. So there's a lot to weigh. Matt Eberflus, after the Packers game, as he has for the past few weeks, Pat, talked a lot about the future, talked a lot about player evaluations. And when he talked about the future Sunday night in Green Bay, there was a lot of us and a lot of we. This doesn't sound anything like Matt Nagy in his final six weeks when it was so clear to everyone, including him, what was going to happen. This doesn't sound anything like that. If Matt Eberflus gets fired, he will absolutely think that that is unfair.
0: John Fox's last game with the Bears was in Minnesota. And I remember we went in the press conference room and the first two or three questions were about his future. And he eventually said, now if you have any questions about the game, I'll answer those, but I don't want to talk about the future anymore. And so then we didn't ask any questions and he got up and left. that w- you know, when these breakups happen, it's usually ugly and messy and gross and apparent to kind of everybody in the room. I wouldn't qualify this as that at all. Now.
1: They wouldn't be crazy to bring him back, whereas I think with Fox and Nagy and Trestman, that would have been absurd.
0: I thought that, I mean, I was looking at our season predictions today. I thought they'd go seven and ten. They went seven and
1: ten. What did I have?
0: I I don't know. I didn't. Probably
1: seven or eight. Yeah, I was.
0: I think you, Patsey, and I all had seven or eight. So this is about where we thought they'd be. I I don't think any of us figured the league would be as bad as it was. Um, A lot of mediocrity in the league, and and I you couldn't have, you know, figured in the drama that came with uh, the first half of the season. I I guess I just come back to this. Justin Fields, and we'll get to him. His performance today didn't do anything to uh, dissuade me from wanting them or from thinking they're going to draft a quarterback. And I think the best argument against Eberflus is if you're going to draft a quarterback, you might as well bring in uh, someone whose timeline is the same.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's get to Fields here in a second. But to your point, mm-hmm. you here's the hypothetical of they move on from Fields, they take a quarterback at number one. And next year looks a lot like this year, underachieving. Mm -hmm. Um, Although maybe it wouldn't be underachieving when you have a rookie quarterback in there. And you can't take another season of that with Iberflus. You fire him. Now in 2025, you're hiring a head coach, but the quarterback is already there. And maybe that'll be a good thing. That happened, I think, with Justin Herbert. Maybe that's a good thing. It also happened
0: with Mitch Trubisky and Justin Fields.
1: That's the the problem. That's (laughs) the Bears' bad history here. And that's the part that Kevin Warren really needs to look at because you had uh, Matt Nagy stuck with a quarterback he didn't draft in Mitch Trubisky. You had this staff comes in and there's a quarterback that they just drafted number 11 overall, so he's not going anywhere. And clearly not the quarterback Luke Getze would have wanted. And vice versa, by the way. Luke Getzy is not the coordinator that Justin Fields wants, I'm sure of that. Right. And now you run into the possibility of doing that again. With Kevin Warren, he's going to be here as long as he wants to pretty much. I mean, Kevin Warren has the longest shelf life out of any of these guys in terms of job security. Right. And if he is looking at it from the big, big picture, not just big picture like how's the rebuild going, right. the big, big picture of how the Bears run as a company and as an organization, there's he he has got to that has got to at least give him some hesitation pet
0: I think it does I I think we need to be careful though you know when they hired Warren he talked about how he'd have a voice in football decisions and about how essentially he'd be the one to do the hiring and firing of the general manager
1: I think George said that too right right but this is this guy's in charge now not me
0: but he's in charge of the general manager who's in charge of the coach and I I think Kevin Warren is a very very bright man I don't think Kevin Warren is the person you should turn to to ask whether the X's and O's of the coach make sense, or whether the um, or, or whether they should draft a, a quarterback, or a quarterback in the draft. Like this is a Ryan Poles decision, and I think we can sit there and say Kevin Warren's Ryan Poles' boss, but I, I can't imagine him doing whatever he wants to do. I, I think that, that he is the power behind Ryan Poles, not, not anything beyond
1: that. Assuming that Poles is now his partner and his GM, and now he's he's signing on now to right. a GM that he didn't originally hire, because mm-hmm. that's another kind out of out-of-order piece yeah. of how this was assembled, as right. usual, with the Bears. Um, but I think two things on that, Pat. I'd, I don't think that Ryan Poles would go against Kevin Warren's judgment in on Matt Eberflus. I think that... Uh, I think well, how, the, how I imagine that going, uh-huh. and Kevin Warren has been everywhere and nowhere all the time. You uh-huh. see him all the time, you hear nothing from right. him. So we don't know yet. He is this mysterious factor in this whole situation. I know what time that,
0: he wakes up every morning. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that I he planks. That. Yeah.
1: Uh, that everyone has hoped would be the closest thing the Bears will get to selling the team and putting someone else in charge right. and really holding them to much higher standards than what the last 40 years have been like. I think that Kevin Warren would say to Ryan Poles, if you want to keep Matt Eberflus, pitch it to me. And then Kevin Warren's going to say, that I either buy that or I don't. Mm-hmm. And if Kevin Warren doesn't buy it, I don't think there's it's going to be a green light for Ryan Poles to do something that Kevin Warren isn't on board with.
0: Yeah, yeah and I, I think we're both saying... A version of the same thing.
1: I think we agree. Right. I think we're saying different parts of the same thing. Right. but I think we see it the same way.
0: Yeah, and that you know, when you hear some fans talk about the Kevin Warren influence, I think the presumption from them is that he knows every little thing there is to know about the on-field product. I think and he knows
1: more than Ted.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that's I don't think that's his job. Number one, and number two, I think that's maybe a low bar. Uh, as well, Justin Fields today looked a lot like the Justin Fields of the first half yeah. of the season. And uh, his career. You've yeah, seen this. Yeah, numbers were bad. Blocking was bad. Uh, run game was spotty. Uh, you know, this is a Packers team that gave up 30 points to the Panthers two weeks ago, Jason, and they gave up three field goals to the Bears today. I didn't think today would make or break Justin either way. But I, I think, and you argued this, that it would leave a – it would – Give his bosses something to think about as they go into the off season. Uh, safe to say that he left this on a on a I don't want to say sour note, but a unproductive note. Right? Yeah, I
1: think that the lasting image you leave, whether you're Flus or Fields, while percentage wise this isn't much of the puzzle. This one game for either of them. I mean, imagine Ryan Poles. Let's say he's got all the data that we have before this game, and Justin Fields goes out there and lights it up, torches him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 300-yard passing game, four touchdowns, whatever on the ground, wins Mm -hmm. for the first time in 10 games against Green Bay as a team, not Justin Fields, but the Bears. While that wouldn't shift his stats much, that's not going to change his passer rating for his career or for the season even that much or his uh, yards per game or anything like that. (laughs) But boy, you'd walk out of here if you're Ryan Poles thinking like, ooh man, that felt really good. That looked really good. Do I want to let that? Leave my building, and right. in the same way, there's down. There was downside for that in Matt Iberflus and Justin Fields' game today. Where if Justin Fields had been a turnover machine today, uh-huh. then that is the thing you remember as you're. That is the last thing you saw as you go into an off where you're trying to decide between him and the unknown of Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever else. Um, and with Eberflus, you know, I don't think he comes out of this game looking any worse. If you'd had another one of those like Lions or Broncos level collapses
0: That's what that's what I wrote Oof. I mean he didn't get blown out and he didn't blow a twenty point lead.
1: Defense was fine.
0: Yeah. I mean defense probably should have given up a lot more points than than yeah, it did. But they didn't. I mean yeah.
1: It yeah. held him to seventeen. Right. The Bears don't do that very often here. Right. Or or anywhere against Green Bay.
0: Right. I, I expect to win. Yeah, it's I mean, with Justin I found what Justin said interesting, Jason. And I want you to tell the people about it, because it's what you wrote about. You know, he said all of his Justin Fields things, you know, about how he's not going to worry about it and about how you know, it's not going to keep him from enjoying his life in the offseason, about how the Bears had the number one pick last year, too, and that was fine, and, and it didn't bother him.
1: And that whole approach is admirable. I think we both respect that a lot. For him. Is he 24, I think?
0: Yeah. I mean, we were talking about I this mean, today. He's
1: handled all of this very well.
0: I think it's a very short list of people that can handle the pressure of being a Bears quarterback, yeah. and I think he can do that. And then at the end, he kind of says, well, if this is it, you know, thanks, everybody. Like, it was – I found it charming a little bit, but I also found it to be the first – literally, it's the last thing he said after we have been asking him for three quarters of the season about the potential that he won't be here next year. And it's kind of the first time he really, uh, I think, embraced the idea that that that's a very, very realistic
1: possibility. I mean, it says a lot to me, Patrick, that it's uncertain enough in his mind mm-hmm. that he is saying you know goodbye just in case right, a provisional goodbye and thank you to the fans, and kind of a sarcastic thank you to the reporters.
0: <laughs> what do he um, say? We made his life just a little bit harder <laughs> but think about
1: think about like think about what you usually do with the players that you like. Uh, you, I mean, right. uh, on locker cleanout day. Huh. Like a Darnell Mooney or a Cairo Santos. Uh, Cairo's not a good example this year, but guys that you – Eddie Jackson, guys that you really like, you'll say, you'll tell them, like, hey, thanks for everything. Right. I appreciate what a good professional you've been to deal with. Right, And David Montgomery last year, I had this conversation yep. with him. Uh, you know, if this is it, if you're not back, like just wanted to tell you thank you and that right. I respect how you've been to deal with. That was what Justin Fields did to everybody right. today. Right. He said – Uh, The question was, it was interesting because he was asked, where are you headed from here? What's your trajectory basically from here? And he said, I'm on my way up. I think I'm headed up, quote, I felt growth this year each and every game, really since I've gotten back from injury. I think I've gotten better tremendously when I came back from injury, only getting better. Then when asked if he has done enough to convince the Bears, he says this, and this is the answer you're referring to. I mean, I'm not sure. That decision is not in my hands. All I can control is what I did do. I gave it my all. Whether it's here or not, I have no regrets. Shout out to you guys the reporters for making my job a little bit harder to the city of Chicago. Love y'all. Appreciate the fans and the support from all the bears, you know, and in case this is my last radio rodeo with y'all, appreciate y'all for everything. I mean, that's
0: goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, and that doesn't mean the bears are for sure drafting a quarterback. But I think it means that he's ready for the he's ready for it to happen. It
1: means it's not a media creation. No. this is not a social media or an actual media talk radio, newspaper columnist controversy that has been right. made up. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields doesn't know. Right. And you might say the same for Matt Eberflus in the way that he keeps dodging these questions, but about his future, but it's very clear with Justin Fields and has been yeah. for a month that he knows right that his status with the people he sees every day, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, whoever, that his job is not guaranteed with the Bears for next season.
0: Right. And I think Eberflus has taken a different tack. If anything, and you and I have talked about this, I think Eberflus has seemed more himself the last six weeks, eight weeks.
1: He seems much more relaxed when he's not putting out fires, Pat.
0: Sure. And and I don't know whether that (laughs) comes with a – I don't know whether he has a handshake agreement to stay or whether – you know, he's been assured, hey, man, don't worry about this. We'll just worry about it. You know, we'll, at the end of the year, we'll figure it out. Or, I don't know where that piece comes from, but he seems he seems to be at peace with it in a way that we, I mean, as we've talked about <laughs> the last couple of coaches we've hired or covered who've been fired haven't acted that way.
1: The mistake the Bears are making if they are, in fact, keeping Matt Eberflus mm-hmm. is once again in the public handling of this because right. there have been so many opportunities, including Sunday, where that could have been conveyed and squashed all of the speculation.
0: Jason, I asked... They've had
1: their chances to put this out, to quiet this down, if this is what they're doing. That's the number one thing that makes me think Matt Eberflus is not 100% safe. Because while everything points to that, all the momentum is in his favor, this this would have been really easy for them to put out there.
0: I mean, I asked Kevin Warren about it Friday. We heard... uh, Ryan Poles on the pregame show today essentially give the, a similar compliment that Kevin Warren gave, which was, boy, he's been really steady at the wheel when things have been unsteady around him. He got better with pressure. That, that was more or less what he said. That is a nice way to say something nice about him without having to address his record yeah. or how many wins and losses they have.
1: And Ryan Poles did that. If you think back to the last time Ryan Poles spoke, November 1st, when yeah. things were very bad. Right. Uh, two and six, I think, and another assistant coach. David Walker, yeah. That day. Uh, Ryan Poles spoke very highly of Matt Eberflus, but it was not what I would call a vote of confidence.
0: Culture is what you talk about. Assurance. Yeah. Culture is what you talk about when you can't talk about progress. Right? I'm not necessarily. I mean, there's good
1: organizations that talk, like the Steelers and the Miami Heat that right. talk about their culture, and things generally go well in those places.
0: Right, but but they have wins that go with it. Yeah. Wait, what you
1: talk about when things aren't going well is talk about trying hard. Right. And, you know, I see a grown man in there, and, and you talk about, the Bears talk about this all the time, mm-hmm. fighting through adversity. Right, sure. That they created. Sure. They No one does better rallying from a six-game losing streak. Also, no one does better at having a six-game right. losing streak.
0: Matt Nagy, who lost four in a row, then five in a row, then six in a row, uh, made sure it wasn't. Are seven. we
1: working down the ladder? So are we... Uh, I mean, Getsy and Fields are they on the same rung or Fields is more important?
0: I think Getsey so I think
1: gets he's below Fields. I think Getsy's in trouble. I think Getsey's the last rung on the ladder here.
0: I if um, I used to have an editor Jason who's one of the favorite things he he uh, would say was and I'll clean this up. He used to say that poop flows south and that uh, eventually, you know, it finds it finds the person at the bottom of you know, the 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 person at the bottom of the ladder to blame and I I think that you could argue that uh, with you know that if Poles is going to stay and if we think Eberflus might be safer than not and if Justin Fields is going to net you something if you trade him then you know the level the poop finds right now is is Luke Getze. Is there a way that you think he's allowed to inherit the number one pick in the draft and be the person to mold him?
1: There's a way for everybody to stay. Well, sure. And it would require unbelievable faith to varying degrees Mm -hmm. on all of them from Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and so much faith that Ryan Poles is willing to bet his job on it because that is what's at stake right now. Mm -hmm. So he would have to be that sure of something that we have not seen yet. That's what faith is. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you'd have to be willing to take a leap so great that you are – Willing to risk your job over it, I just don't know how you've seen that from Luke Getzey. Not just this year, but uh, and last year. Not just during his Bears time, but I, I don't say this as a cheap insult at, right. at Luke Getze, But to be fair, he does not have much of a resume before this. Right. He's his previous claim to fame has was being Aaron Rodgers' quarterbacks coach after Aaron Rodgers was already Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. And what he's done here has not shown that, oh, he's got something else. Like, look at Matt LaFleur. Yeah. Comes in inherits Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Gets great play on Aaron Rodgers. Now he's got Jordan Love. That looks good, too. Right. Okay, so now I see something that tells me Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing. Not that I didn't already think right. that because he's done a lot of winning. Mm-hmm. But you we, we don't have that with Luke Getze. Yeah. And while I think there's no way you could bring back Getze and Fields together, mm-hmm. I also don't see how how, how you could bring back Getzy, uh at all. I think... Whether it's going to be Fields or the number one pick, I think if you're drafting a quarterback number one overall, yeah. there will be some intriguing candidates that want that job.
0: Faith without works is dead, right? Isn't that the phrase?
1: Yeah. How does that apply?
0: I think if the Bears are going to, the Bears can have all the faith they want in Luke Getze if they want to bring him back, but they need to add. They need, they need, they need to give him more stuff. And okay. you know, this is this is on his play calling, absolutely, but. You know, you say, you know, there's a way to bring everybody back. If you bring everybody back, you better be adding Marvin Harrison, three, you know, two other first-round picks. You, you just better, better be adding, you know, a center, uh, maybe a left tackle, you know, a second tight end, two more wide receivers.
1: And you better be willing to get fired over all that if yeah. you're wrong because that is what will happen. Yeah. You you can't be Ryan Poles, inherit the just recently drafted number 11 player in the draft at quarterback, right. then have the number one pick, then have the number one pick again, come out of that mm-hmm. sequence without right. a quarterback – you can act staying.
0: What do you think happens here? I'll put you on the spot before we go.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, this could all be settled by the time you hear this, depending on when you listen. We put it out right away, but maybe you don't listen to this till Tuesday, and we already know the answers. But uh, I think Pulse stays. Mm-hmm. I think Eberflus stays. I think that they – I think Getze and Fields are both out.
0: Yeah, that's probably what I'd go with too. Um, you know, I. I guess my only – question is I wonder if the Bears try to find a way to thread the needle you know we did talk about the way their coaching staff develops players and it's been good you look at somebody like Chris Morgan on the offensive line Tyke Tolbert at wide receiver Uh, there are position coaches on the offensive side of the ball that I'd love to stick around Um, and I just don't know if the Bears could find a way if they decide Luke Getzey's not someone they want to keep you know can they keep some of those other pieces or I mean typically when a coordinator goes That whole side of the ball gets blowed up. And uh, I would hate them to throw out the baby with the bathwater in that regard.
1: I would more so hate them to force anything at all on the new offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Not to say, well, you got the job, but we're keeping this, this, and this assistant. That can't happen. That's not functional. Sure. You need to bring in an offensive coordinator that you have so much confidence in. That not only are they going to pick their own staff and reset right. all the position groups and whatever, which, you know, you could lose those guys any given year anyway, but that person becomes, whoever it is, integral in picking the next quarterback. That person becomes uh, almost as loud of a voice as Eberflus, if not right. equal to Eberflus in making that decision.
0: Worth pointing out, it would be a complete system change, and remember, Eberflus Picked Getzey in the first place because the Packers system was the one he didn't like playing against.
1: It was the one that frustrated him the most.
0: Worth pointing out that Frank Reich, one of his best friends, um, is available. And someone who has worked with young quarterbacks before, uh, I think that might be a hard sell, given that the young quarterback he worked with uh, this year in Carolina was so awesome that he got him fired. Uh, but uh, somebody who's definitely well-respected around the league. Shoot, I'd take him even as an advisor if, if he'd be willing you
1: know, to come. I, I, would, I think I would love that hire. I don't yep. think... Uh, I, I When you talk about the Panthers and Frank Reich, I think the Panthers come out looking worse right. in that situation. They are the dumpster fire that rotates through coaches and quarterbacks and everybody else. Frank Reich, Frank Reich said after that he thought he was going to retire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it'd be interesting to see if his old buddy, Matt Eberflus, because the, they had not worked together prior to the Colts. Right. Matt Eberflus signed on to the Colts, I think, to work for Josh McDaniel.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the weirder situations ever. And yeah. then
1: and then Frank Reich was convinced by um, – what's the guy's name from the Bears? Ballard. Chris Ballard. Uh, to keep him. Right. To keep Eberflus as D.C. And then things worked out really well. And they now they, they have a very close relationship after working sure. those four years together. Frank Reich, I think, would be uh, probably – pretty high up on the list of people you could get that have a great resume uh, as far as running the offense and that you would trust. Right, I would trust Frank Reich. I'm, I'm not holding the Bryce Young thing, the nightmare in Carolina against Frank Reich.
0: Although I would argue to you that when Frank Reich got fired by the Colts and replaced by Jeff Saturday and then that whole thing devolved into <laughs> the circus it did, that somehow in eight weeks Frank Reich came out looking amazing and got a head coaching job uh, where had he just stuck it, stuck it out, I, I think... Uh, I doubt he would, would have been employed to start the season um, just because he would have had that stink on him. Jason, uh, we will be back as news warrants probably once or twice this week. Uh, what we know for sure is that we will talk to Kevin Warren and to George McCaskey – or not George McCaskey, but uh, Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles later in the week. I'm sure we can break all of that and more down. Uh, but until then, you can follow Jason and Mark Potash and myself on social media. Check us out on the Sun Times website or in print if you live in town. He is Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.
1: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR.